finished. Before the cross of Jesus, we all stand and look. Irrespective of our age, ethnicity, or nationality, we join the disciple John and those who were standing with him. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Why such brutality? Why did Jesus have to die? Soldiers divided his garments, cast lots for his tunic. It's hard to sit and contemplate the cross because when we actually take time to sit and look, we see our human capacity for brutality, for cruelty, for evil. We're leveled. Why was Mary Magdalene starting there, standing there? Well, she was a follower of Jesus as Jesus went from town to village. A community of disciples was traveling with him, and the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out. Mary Magdalene was bound when Jesus found her. Tormented spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and Jesus had healed her. Jesus had set her free. Jesus gave her life back to her, so she followed him. And together with others, she supported him. She was devoted to Jesus. And now as she stands there before the cross, she hears Jesus say, it is finished. And with those words, he gives up his spirit, the work of the cross completed, the debt of human sin fully paid. He has loved them right to the end. Mary she sees Jesus' body pierced. She sees the body taken down for burial. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they take the body and lay it in a tomb. In a tomb where no one had ever been laid. Mary sees where Jesus is buried. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw the, that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Mary, maybe Mary was unable to sleep, we're not sure, but she goes back to the tomb early Sunday morning, and it's dark, physically dark, but shadows also cloud her understanding. The tomb has been left open. Mary believes that grave robbers have taken the body. Grave robbery what was not uncommon, you know, expensive linens and expensive burial spices, valuables left with the deceased. Sometimes corpses were even used for occultic rituals. 
Mary immediately concludes that someone has stolen the body or maybe Roman soldiers have come and taken the body and laid it in another location. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter and the other disciple, probably John, they run to the tomb. And John mentions that he outran Peter. Such a guy thing. That day on the way to the tomb, I got there first. John gets there first. But he doesn't go in. The tomb door was probably about a meter high. And so he stoops to look in and he sees the linen cloths lying there. Why? would grave robbers leave the linen cloth behind? Hmm. Peter, always impetuous, he goes right in. And he sees the linen cloths lying there unwound, not unwound, unwound, uncut. But he also sees the face cloth folded and lying in a place by itself, folded neatly. Wouldn't grave robbers leave the tomb in in disarray? Hmm. Now John also enters. And the body of Jesus is definitely gone. But they do not expect resurrection. The truth is, no one does. They don't imagine Jesus' body passing through his grave clothes, 75 pounds of spices and all, and they go home. But Mary lingers. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So she stands weeping at the tomb entrance. Her grief has taken her back to the tomb, and maybe she hopes to meet someone who knows where the body has been laid. She stoops to look into the tomb, and two angels sit on the bench where Jesus has been laid. One at the head and one at the feet. And they seem to be relaxed, waiting. What a great assignment for an angel. Woman, why are you weeping, they ask. Well, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. You see, in Mary's mind, Jesus has not only been crucified, but his body stolen. Jesus not only crucified, but his body desecrated, violated. She had no thought of resurrection. She turns from the tomb and she sees a person standing there. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? 
Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. It's early morning, not fully light. <laughs> Takes a quick, quick glance, and she sees a person, but she doesn't recognize him. Maybe it's the tears. Maybe it is because of the early morning darkness. She thinks he's the gardener. Her last image of Jesus, of course, is a man who is bloodied, scourged, beaten, disfigured, emaciated, bound in linen, laid down. Mary appears to turn back to the tomb, and the man asks her, Why are you weeping? I believe Jesus would ask you and me today, why are you weeping? And we might answer today, why am I weeping? Well, my relationship has just ended. That's why, Jesus. My life means nothing. I don't know where my life is going. I've just been diagnosed. I'm confused. I'm angry, <laughs> anxious. Fearful, frustrated. That's why, Jesus. Jesus asks good questions. In John chapter 1, Peter and Andrew, they're following Jesus around. They're just curious. And uh, Jesus turns to them one day and says, uh, uh, what are you looking for? His first words in the Gospel of John are a question. How would you answer that question today? What are you looking for? What are you looking for? And we would probably say, well, so many things. Uh, happiness and hope and freedom and peace and love and some wisdom and security. When Jesus asked Peter and Andrew that question, what are you looking for, they they managed to blurt out in response, where are you staying, Jesus? Teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus says to them, come and you will see. And the way that he says it, it gives the sense of, if you come, and I really want you to, you will see. I invite you to know me. John chapter 5, there's a man lying down. He's been an invalid for 38 years. And Jesus comes up to him and asks him this curious question. Do you want to be healed? Doesn't everyone want to be healed? No. Why are you weeping? What are you looking for? Do you want to be healed? These are really important questions, but there's a much more important question that needs to be asked. And it's this one. Jesus asks Mary, whom are you seeking? Whom have you been seeking, Mary? A prophet? Someone with prophetic insight? A wisdom teacher, someone with unusual understanding, a healer, someone who could bind up your wounds, a deliverer who might free you from everything that oppresses you. What kind of Messiah were you looking for, Jesus? What were you expecting? Whom are you seeking, Mary? 
You see, the answer to questions like, why are you weeping? What are you looking for? Do you want to be healed? The answer to those questions are found in knowing someone. Someone. Mary, she was a person of some wealth and and social standing, and so she says to the man that she believes to be the gardener, Sir, if you've taken his body, well, just tell me where it is. I'll take him away. I'll give him a proper burial. And Jesus says, Mary. And hearing her name in that familiar intonation, she recognizes that voice. That's Jesus' voice. Hearing that single word, her name, removes her blindness. One word from Jesus is enough. Jesus knows her name. When Jesus described himself as the good shepherd, he said this, he calls his own sheep by name and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Mary's anguish and despair are immediately swallowed up in joy and delight. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. What is Jesus talking about? Mary has probably fallen to her face and grabbed him by the feet. She has just come through so much pain and she doesn't want to lose Jesus again. So she's clinging on to him. And Jesus is saying to her, Mary, no need to cling to me anymore. I'm still here. You don't have to hang on. I will never leave you, Mary. This is a time of joy, of sharing the good news. I am risen. I will ascend to the Father. And now my Father is your Father. My God is your God. You see, through his death, Jesus had paid the price for all human sin. The work was finished because he loved his disciples to the end. There was a way for them to be at peace with God. Because of his resurrection, he would send his Holy Spirit to live in them, to never leave them. Because of his death and his resurrection, his disciples would now be his brothers and sisters. And not only them but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Because of his death and resurrection, those who put their trust in Jesus would be reborn because he loved them to the end. He would now go before them and prepare a place for them. Because of his resurrection, he was not only prophet and teacher and healer. No, he was so much more. The Messiah, the Son of God, the King of Kings. He was and is the Savior of all. Mary Magdalene went probably running faster than John now, and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. She goes from wailing and despair to joy and bold witness. And the only plausible explanation for such a dramatic change, resurrection. 
Mary, the first to give witness to the risen Christ among many in those days. The indisputable reality of the risen Jesus empowered those early disciples to witness to him boldly, and many of them paid with, for that witness with their lives. And the risen Jesus has continued to fill and empower disciples over the last 2,000 years as they have given witness to the risen Jesus that they have met. As Jesus said Mary's name outside that tomb on that early Sunday morning, so Jesus knows your name. Amen. Bill and Charlotte and Jose and Corina and Marcus, and Angela, and Kim, and Jisoo, and Benoit, <laughs> Giselle, Igor, Olga, he knows your name. In John chapter 20, people engulfed in emotion meet the risen Jesus. There's a woman grieving by the tomb, there are fear-filled disciples. There's a doubting disciple. There's a disciple under shame. The risen Jesus meets grieving Mary at the tomb, and her grief turns to joy. The risen Jesus meets fear-filled disciples locked in a room, and their fear is transformed by peace. There's a doubting disciple, and Jesus comes to him, and his doubt is replaced with faith. A disciple under shame, Peter, and Jesus restores him. He's given new hope to live. The resurrected Jesus, he meets us where we are today, and he knows us by name. He gently asks us by name, why are you weeping? What are you looking for? Do you want to be healed? Whom are you seeking? And he answers, I'm the one you're looking for. I have the words of life. Come to me, and I really want you to. Come to me, and you will see. I invite you to know me. Let's pray. Amen. So, Father, we thank you again for sending your only Son, Jesus, out of love for us. And we thank you, Jesus, for coming out of love for us and living among us and revealing to us the Father, and being faithful and going right to the end. Jesus, you loved us to the end, and you gave your life. You paid the price that we could never pay for ourselves. You took all of our sin upon yourself. Thank you, Jesus. And it's because of your death and resurrection that we today can receive forgiveness of sin, the gift of eternal life, and live with hope now and forever. Thank you. And if you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I invite you to pray with me. Jesus, 
Thank you for dying for me before I ever had a thought about you. I'm turning from my sin-bound, independent ways, and I'm turning to you, and I'm asking you, Jesus, to lead me forward. I want to follow your way. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior. Fill me with your Spirit. Make me into the person that you created me to be. I want to follow you, Jesus. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. And it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Amen. If uh, you prayed that prayer for the first time today, just want to encourage you to talk to someone who may have brought you. Uh, there's some first steps kiosks out in the lobby. You can talk to somebody there and you'll be given some information to take those steps as you follow Jesus. Uh, you can also go to our website and there's information there for you. Uh, don't walk alone. We all need to walk with others. Today we're celebrating some people who have taken first steps with Jesus and uh, they're getting baptized today. You know, in Nicodemus, that, the one who helped Joseph of Arimathea take the body down off the cross and, and bury the body of Jesus, that Nicodemus, one night he went to Jesus alone. He was a seeker. Uh, he wanted to know how he might be spiritually reborn. And Jesus said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So those <clears throat> being baptized today, what they're saying is this. Uh, when I go under the water, I'm dying to my old ways. I'm dying to myself. And when I come up out of the water, I'm saying, okay, yes, Jesus, thank you for new life. You have filled me with your Holy Spirit, and I will now follow you every day of my life becoming more and more like you, doing the things that you would do, and I'll do that by the power of your Holy Spirit. So let's celebrate what God has done in the lives of these people being baptized today and confessing their faith in Jesus.